an infamous rogues gallery of tall women and bees and aliens and wolf people and affirmative action. Oh, and Batman and Superman too on this episode of the Watchbots Halls of Justice. And Daryl Hammond. And Nancy Wall. Bill Hartman. Sherry O'Terry. Julia Sweeney. Colin Quinn. Chris Catan. Charles Rocket. Keenan Thompson. Ellen Leghorn. Tonight's musical guest, Ford. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Watchbots. This is Ben, and I am joined by an illustrious panel this evening. As always, we've got Shailen. Hello. <laughs> Every week, nothing changes. We have Dave. Happy to be here, Ben. What an introduction. And Daryl Hammond. And joining us from the cloud, our good friend Kendall. Welcome back to the show. Hello. How are you? Happy to be back. Good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> blah, 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 yada, et cetera. Yes. No, let's let's dig into it here. Yeah. Why good. are you happy to be back? We had a lot of time to fill. I mean, I figured the other three people who said no first. It's a, it's a holiday week and... I, I feel Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, Anna Gasteyer was a solid no. Tim Meadows was a maybe, <laughs> and then they you came mm-hmm. to me, and uh, you know I have no That's problem right. with that. Charles Rocket's people still haven't gotten yes, back to us. Not since he said the old f word, got fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the f word, baby. Yeah, fired exactly. And I'm not talking the Gordon Ramsay cooking show. The f word. No, I'm not. Or even the uh, the what, what's his up. name. Donald something or other. Didn't he have a show like that? I can't remember. Dom DeLuise. Uh, Dom DeLuise. Controversial. Exactly. Yes. yes. He told That's Burt Reynolds to be, that he was fired in the Cannonball Run 2. Right. Oh, you right. Do you mean Dan, Dan Cortez, MTV Sports? Ooh. He, that guy was dope. <laughs> <laughs> he was popping fresh. So, Kendall, it, it's been a bit. He was, I don't know what that means. That's my catchphrase that I'm trying to say used to be a okay. catchphrase and convince people that, you, like, you know, gnarly or rad or tubular. I'm trying to convince trying young, to, the younger, back, gen, younger to... generation, like, oh, no, everyone used to really say pop it fresh. How is that going? Is anyone believing you? Is it catching Oh, on? yeah. I mean, no one ever believes me anyway. So it, it's going swimmingly. Good. Okay, great. <laughs> That's a weird way to spend a pandemic, but, you know, to each their own, right? Hey, look, I don't know about you. I've had a hard year. I I, I think I'm alone mm-hmm. in this. I mean, I, I, I think I, I'm alone. Yeah, uh, everyone's being very selfish, I think, but I, I alone have had a hard year. And so I'm mm-hmm. finding the ways to deal with it. So I'm trying to, so trying we, to get to back to popping fresh. Yeah, we thought we'd just pick you up out of the gutter and get you to host Watchbots, get you back on your feet. And then back to the gutter. Right, right. Well, that's, that's up to as you. As long as I'm back in the gutter. 
like poppers, it's a brief high, but it's well worth <laughs> the trouble. Oh, good old poppers. Or so I've been told. Going to tell a story about air conditioning now. It's a pro level segue. Shailen you know why? Because had, you're cool, Ben. That's what I that's, was <laughs> Thank you. See, now that's a pro level segue. <laughs> this is why we have you on. Shailen and I have been having some issues with the air conditioning in our home, and like, like we're very fortunate to have air conditioning, so on and so forth. But go us. But it's broken and it fucking sucks. And we've had some repair people out a couple of times. And today, the repair dude, he came in and he he was like, "Listen, my new like, best friend Phil." Don't his name name is names Phil. on the podcast. It's fine. He was like, "I can tell you the very technical explanation of what's going on." Or I can give you like what the solution is because he must have looked at me and been like, "This guy, he doesn't know like a fucking screwdriver from a from a dick." And I said, "Brother, just tell me the solution." And he said, "You know what I think it is." He said, "I think in your attic, there's a broken orifice." And, <laughs> and I took that information off. Phil board. told you that. Huh? Phil told me I had a broken orifice. Little did he know. And I like I took it on board and I tried not to react because. I didn't know if this was real or if this is like a man test. Like this guy, like this guy joshing with me, you know, like, yeah, you like pal, pal like, around like oh, a fellow homeowner, you know, this <laughs> so, broken you, fix, you fix it with a, you fix that orifice with a little cock. He left and I had to call the air conditioning people to let them know that our machine is under warranty. And so Pat told me, yeah, I'll give you a call when we get your new orifice in. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> sentence anyone has ever said to me. But you know what was weird <laughs> after that, though? straight face. Shailen, when on the phone, like you looked at me and you fucking furrowed your brow and you said, I'm going to rip this be a new orifice. And I thought, <laughs> good God, it's too far. It's too far. I'm really concerned with Shailen because if Ben doesn't know... A dick from a screwdriver. I mean, just like, oof. Let's not go down Phillips that road. Or, okay, never mind. That's homeownership, it's baby. <laughs> he said it. I don't know. The mind goes to dark places. The only closet I come out of is the utility closet. Anyway, oh, I'm just... The utility closet. I'm just really looking forward to our new orifice arriving. Mm-hmm. I hope it's uh, very fleshy. But <laughs> I mean... And I hope it's glistening and gaping. When is that? happening unknown oh i don't know speaking speaking of gaping (laughs) i do i do have a a segue a gaping segue um there is a restaurant near here it's in southern massachusetts it's called the great american pub (laughs) you know like when you drive by a restaurant they'll often have like pithy remarks in their little signs like hey when you're here your family yeah exactly yeah yeah. the one on the great american pub is always be gaping and <laughs> in this case, it's great American pubbing, but there's no like little periods after it. It just says always be gaping on their side. Uh, they did change it recently. It said just gaping it. Yeah, just gaping it. There's been here today, gaping tomorrow. Da, 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 da. Uh, gaping it. Just gaping it. That's my gaping story. I'll have, the, uh, I'll have the goat SC Cobb salad, please. Give me the, uh, the, the two hand pull apart pulled pork. I don't know. Oh. I'll, I'll have the pickle jar ribeye, please. I want to make a Fuddruckers joke, and I don't know how. I think uh, you just did. I think that's it. Yeah. Fuddruckers, more like Pud Ruckers. See, that's how you don't make a Fuddruckers joke. Like, you don't go in half cocked and like expecting the punchline to just manifest itself. You got to be prepared. That's why I take notes on this show. 
that's a little little host tip for you. You were anticipating Fuddruckers mentions, so you've you've had like eighty pages of Fuddrucker jokes. I'm like, oh god, what the fuck is that guy's name? The guy that writes on all the Oscars, the guy with the long hair, Bruce Vol- Bruce I'm like Bruce Valanche. Bruce Valanche. Oh, I'm gonna edit all that other stuff out. I'm like Bruce Valanche. I just have three hundred pages of just topical jokes ready to go. I think Bruce Valanche uh, wrote some of the Wonder Twins dialogue, the jokes. It's entirely possible for the, this episode. What's your favorite Bruce Valanche joke? Uh, the Aristocat. <laughs> I like the one he told when he was on the new Hollywood Squares with Whoopi Goldberg. Like all mm-hmm. of them, all the jokes. They were awesome. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, what's your favorite Valanche joke, Ben? You got one off the top of your head? What did the peanut <laughs> say to the peanut butter? I, I don't know. Do you want to smash me? <laughs> You stole that joke. I'm just kidding. My, my five-year-old wrote that joke. <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear from you. What's your favorite Bruce Valanche joke? Hashtag, that's my Bruce. That's enough joshing around, guys. We, you know, we get serious joshing. business here. Yeah. <laughs> no more joshing. Only uh, Jillian? Nah. Nah, see, you can't go into these jokes half-cocked, guys. That's why I take notes. So we're going to discuss like the 1988 uh, Oscar Awards with uh, Rob Lowe and Snow White that Bruce Flinch wrote. Yes. That would be a good that's, idea. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. yeah. If you go back and watch old award shows, they're surprisingly full of things to talk about. On the Simpsons DVDs, there are special features for like the first couple of years where the Simpsons were getting big, and it's like Nancy Cartwright at an award show in a Bart Simpson costume doing the voice Ooh. with like Bart Simpson dead eyes is very uncomfortable it's, yeah it's it's weird stuff so i bet that there's probably good stuff on the 88 oscars but no kendall when you come on you bring themes to the show you know we've talked about you said trash weird i said trash <laughs> trash trash i said trash, themes. Trash. you know we've what? talked about johnny quest and we've talked about we have not we have never <laughs> talked about johnny quest and we've talked about any iteration you know at least one of the super friends, the one of the 95 iterations, but here we're talking about another, and this is the all new super friends hour. And what gives you the right to bring this to the table? So this is season two, even though it was three, four years after the first season, which I believe was 73. Mm -hmm. This is 77. That's correct. Yeah. And there were no cultural zeitgeist stuff that, happened in 77 as far as i listen know. i do the years in the context on this show <laughs> get off my fucking territory uh, save it for contextual feeling Kendall. this is literally all i bring to this show my god well I, and i know i've mentioned this before this is you know before my brother would beat me and this is the saturday morning Applejacks ritual super friends the beating second half of super friends another beating <laughs> And, you know, I just have fond memories. So you were 24, 25 when this was on the air? Yeah, I was I was a young, I was a wee young lad of three, sure. actually, in November of 1977. Okay. There you go. So why, um... I was not beaten, by the way, just to get that out. It's okay if you were. <laughs> I, I'm not a bit. It was a different time. Survivor. Why, uh, why Super Friends, though? Like, why... Um... You've got the love for Johnny Quest, yeah. but what, what drew you to Super Friends? Why? Why oh, the, mean, the Super Heroes? Friends, they were, they were, uh, as you said, they, they were the tits. I, I didn't uh, say that. Yes, <laughs> bringing it back. Okay. Looking back, it is hard to understand the obsession that we had that 
my brother and I, my cousins, about the same age. We we live for this shit. And it's amazing how well it's written and how well the uh, the plots are plotted out. To, how the plots are plotted out. That's brilliant. That's good wordsmithing. wordsmithing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like really it. good stuff. Yeah. And that they they have to narrate everything that they're doing before they're doing it, which is infuriating watching it. But I could, I lapped it up as a kid. Loved it. I think, so you said you were three years old, right? I was three I, years old, but they, as you probably know, they, they played this over and over and over. Right, and over. right. Like, you know, reruns, even as they did new ones, they would be like, like, here's one from like, so they would recycle it. Yeah, I'm just like a stupid kid, basically. And, well, like, that's what it was. Just, like, based on the dialogue and everything, it, it, it was definitely written for stupid kids like you. Like, yes. they just yeah, have to it, narrate it, and explain and, and they, everything. And they hit, they hit their target, clearly. Yeah. It will say that, like, compared to other cartoons, especially later cartoons, like, everything from, like, animation, which isn't perfect, but, like, the music and the, like, there is something, I don't know, more. It's not like we're going to just throw this shit together to, to make money. Yeah, it's meticulous shit. Yes. And there's, you know, the Hanna-Barbera. You get the uh, Transylvanian wolfhound right in the beginning. Where else can you get that? Nowhere that I'm aware of. Nowhere. <laughs> it's not a stock. To, no, never. To go, f- to go forward here, though, you got to go back, right? And DC Comics has been around since the 30s. I probably should have researched that a little better. But DC Comics has gone through a lot of di- different iterations. And... You hit the mid-60s, and that Adam West Batman series came out, and it was like fucking John DC himself was like, listen, we got to be campy as shit. And they flipped that switch, and every DC character and DC property was goofy as fuck for like 20 years after that. Like, Super Friends really right in the middle of that. Everybody in this cartoon is very happy and goofy and enthusiastic. And then you get back to the mid-80s, and it's like... They flip that switch back and then everybody gets serious. And now everybody's too serious. You know, like you got Superman fucking snapping necks and destroying cities. You got Wonder Woman, I don't know, fucking flipping around malls. You got Batman growling like a jackass and being sad. Like this can't be sensibility. Uh, it's very infectious. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. No, it's infectious. And like as a kid, I guess I loved it. Now, oh, insufferable. <laughs> now I loved it more, <laughs> and I loved it more because it was insufferable. Exactly. That's why. I loved now, Shailen, you were uh, forty years old or so when this aired. Um, yeah. Did you? Uh, yeah, I already made that joke. Years. Yeah. Did you? I'm always. I love that joke. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> did you watch this as a kid? Did you watch reruns of uh, Super Friends? Oh, I watched it live. I mean. No, um, we didn't watch much Super Friends at my house, and I think it's because it would have been going up against Nintendo Time, basically, like when it would have been on. Like, ah, we watched Nin- a ton of Johnny Quest. Nintendo, but was like, yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, that's right. So this was my first experience with this particular content, specific in its own specific form, which was, whew, it was a ride. One of many forms, yes. <laughs> so. It, it's a ride. <laughs> Can I tell you? So the show we've talked about it before, but you gotta you gotta set the scene here. We can't go in fucking feet first. I need to ground somewhere. Balls deep. The one thing you could say about like the what sixteen year run 
is that it was very consistent in its format throughout the whole time. That's true. So as we mentioned, the show Hanna-Barbera started in 73, 74, went off the air. There were some little dipshit human characters, and it's like, who wants to see some kids hanging around with the Justice League? No one. So it came back in 1977 in a form that we're going to talk about here. Then the show ran almost continuously until 1986, but every year was named something different, and all of those shows are treated separately, but they all kind of seemed like they ran the same, like... You got your core group of heroes, right? You got your Batman and your Superman and your Aquaman. And they seem to fight like bugs and aliens and not characters like the Joker or um, Superman villain. You know, like it's just it's weird. Except for Challenge of the Super Friends, which I could have chose. But you didn't. It's a, but and so it's not, not relevant. Yeah. We only talk about relevant things here. I opted. For this piece of shit. <laughs> so there are some interesting things about this particular series, right? So this one brought us the Wonder Twins. So you get Zan and Jaina and Gleek the Monkey, who rides a he rides a <laughs> eagle, I think. If it, things I fast forwarded through were to be believed. Uh, I think I think I think she turns That's into an eagle. Jaina. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so there's not a separate eagle character? No, they're they're shape, they can turn into any shape with their mm. powers, and she turned okay. herself into an eagle. And I think Zan yeah, she turns into an animal, and Zan turns into some form of water. Yeah, and it always works out. Well. <laughs> I, I bet it does. And then the show, the producers Hanna Barbera thought these characters they're all a little bit samey, and instead of going back through DC's forty year history by this point. They came up with these characters of the week, so they would be guest heroes, and we'll talk about one in a little bit here. They're called the Affirmative Action Heroes, Uh, not officially, but they have names like Black Vulcan, Apache Chief, Samurai, El Dorado, Rima the Jungle Girl, and in case you were wondering, yes, the premises and ideas behind these characters are as paper-thin as the names might imply. (laughs) (laughs) As uh, thin as the paper the, of, the, of the comic books they were never printed on. It's true. But, I mean, Super Friends, really popular. I mean, it was on for 10 years. Uh, Kendall grew into a man during it. There was a really successful toy line based off it. And it's a show that, you know, it had a good run. And there's also, like, I think one of the reasons they brought it back was, like, Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Like, there was that... That was a big hit, so they're like, "All right, let's let's bring that show back with a lot of sex appeal." That's <laughs> good for nine-year-olds. <laughs> and then and, and uh, also the uh, it's like the eighties version of the Pro exactly. Stars. I get it. Exactly. Yeah. And then Richard Donner's uh, Superman, Superman Two. Richard Donner just died. R.I.P. Yeah. So this wow, Kendall, way to bring down the rim, Kendall. This yeah. this one's for you, Donner. That's what I do. You know, I'm just happy about that S-E-O. I'm going to get it now. Thanks for bringing up Donner, Kendall. <laughs> the automatic transcription will pick all this up. Yeah, it'll, be, yeah, it'll be good yeah. stuff. It's all artificial intelligence. I can't speak to every iteration of the Super Friends, but this particular iteration has a very particular flow to it. So there's always four parts to these episodes. Number one is a team-up. So Batman and Robin were seen as one entity, so they might be one. This case, they they meet up with Wonder Woman. In some cases, it might be an Aquaman and a Batman, 
or a Superman and an Aquaman, or an Aquaman and a Wonder Woman. And that's probably really all, all the combinations there are. But you get one there. Second segment, always the Wonder Twins. I'm not really sure why. Again, you have these culture wonder, icons, wonderful characters, and you're just forcing these fucking Wonder Twins. They're really poochy in the shit out of this. Again, this is directly from Donnie and Marie. This is like they're playing. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Yep, this is Donnie hmm. and real weird spacey brother. It's same jokes that they would make on the show. Well, now That'd I do like great it. Great time. <laughs> Hey, Ben, you're a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. There was a time in college when Dave and I both got new jobs on campus. You can go to college. And there was a group of people who we had to do training with for like an orientation for the new job. And we knew each other, but no one else knew anyone at the table. And there were at least four different people who pulled me aside and they were like, are, are you brother and sister? Are you dating? What is, what is, how do you know each other? And uh, at one point I literally told one of the girls that asked, I was like, oh, we're superheroes. We're the Wonder Twins. <laughs> and then you she were, didn't get the joke. You were and it was hated really from embarrassing. that moment on. Yeah. And then Dave was like, let me show you my gleek. And then I did that little Gross. weird spit thing from under my tongue. Uh, under uh, my tongue just what a, what a gleek spit. is mm. hashtag gleek the third segment here uh, always the sort of main event and of course that, that is one of the ones we're skipping today uh, <laughs> it's, always, though, it's always the big threat oftentimes aliens or you know like weird monsters did you guys all watch the ones that we skipped no. Uh, I I clicked around. Okay. Uh, I have a few selected things and observations. But good, good. I think we I think we could we could yes. take turns like summing them up a, a bit. bit. Yeah. And then number four is always the guest star segment. So we're today we're talking through the team up and we're talking through the guest star because forty five minutes is fucking sense. long. We spend forty five minutes. We spend two hours talking about like sixteen minutes worth of shit. Like forty five minutes. God damn. I felt bad. I got to work, Sorry. motherfuckers. So we're doing two segments. But it sounds like we watched at least a selection and we'll probably spend more time than we need to on the others, thus defeating the point. But that's fine because we're, we're here for the laughs. So the episode we're watching doesn't have a title. The segments we're talking about are The 50-Foot Woman, an original concept, and Attack of the Killer Bees, another original concept. One of my favorite things here, no credited writer on these. <laughs> um <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so I, my question for you guys is, who do you think? Who wrote these segments? What's your guess? Oh, Bob Kane himself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say Tony Morrison. Oh, oh. Hashtag beloved. At Watchbots. Robert Frost. Okay. <laughs> the, the wrote list take. <laughs> I don't have a specific name, but I, I have narrowed down a very specific persona. It was a man. And it uh -huh. was a man who was afraid exactly enough about offending women to try to backtrack, but not enough. This is a man who had a strong female in his life, and he was like, if I don't give a little bit of edge, I'll never have sex again. That's who wrote this. Is this a failed dig? Yes. <laughs> I think all three of us feel seen. Where's this going? What are we doing here? When we get there, you'll see. Oh, well, oh my God. What a tease. So we don't have a writer, but we do have a date. And that date is November 12th, 1977. What was going on back then, Ben? <laughs> In the halls of justice. I was mapping out my AARP subscription, but I don't know mm. what everything else in the world was doing. 
it was the debut of Don Pardo. Chevy Chase. (laughs) (laughs) Clark Kent. Anyway, let's do the song. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Musical guest Ben. (laughs) 1977 was a big year. Number one movie in the land. You might have heard of it. A little film called Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I was gonna be... yeah, it was all the president's men. My dinner with Andre. The other uh, movie that was looking for Mr. Goodbar, which is a, just a very feel-good, happy movie. Was that in the, the top ten? Or did I don't yeah, know? It was I... like it was. It, it came out the same. Yeah, like I only found number one. So we're we're looking right, at different yes, parts of the internet. There. But, I only look on the dark web. But not good. I mean, yeah, not fun. More like looking for Mr. Bad Bar, am I right? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Mr. Bad Bar. Sorry. Diane Keaton. Oof. Sorry. More like Diane fucking shit. <laughs> Nailed it, man. Nailed it. Diane fucking shit. See, you guys, you, you can't go into these jokes half-cocked, right? Like, you have to have <laughs> This is why I take careful notes. When... When you start, that's why I take Copious. notes. You think Bruce Valanche could write Diane fucking Keaton shit? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. So, top TV shows here, just a few. Uh, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, Three's Company. Two out of the three of those had cartoons based on them. One of them. Hey, uh, Ben. Yeah. Sit on it. Oh, my. <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber hose. That's a different show. But Shlemiel, still, I've... That is a different show. Yeah, I was going to go there. Big time in technology. So 1977 saw the release of both the Apple II and the Atari 2600. So that's cool. Put us on the, really? the path. We wouldn't be talking like this if it wasn't for the Apple II. I thought, I thought it was thought cool. It was like, you fucking ingrates. Uh, no. That really? You Luddites. Yeah. I'm not fucking I around. I thought that was like, I, I remember having Pong in 1977. Kendall, I'm not joshing you. This is this is real all deal. Right. Little, I, I I trust you, man. This is the real motherfucking deal. And the biggest story of all, and I think the most relevant to us, saw the U.S. return the Panama Canal to the Panamanians. So that was a big story in '77, folks. And with that, let's talk about Super Friends. We're gonna start with the song because that's the thing that we do here, and uh, let's get into it. <laughs> Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice, are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. Dana Carvey. Superman. Superman. Batman and Robin. Andy Samberg. Wonder Woman. Special guest, Chris Rock. And the Wonder Twins, Sand and Gina, with their space monkey, Bleak. Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace for all mankind. Here's Tom Hanks. You know, that opening has some weird things in it. Go figure. One, they're in the Hall of Justice, and like the superheroes are all gathered around a big TV, and there's just this big dweeb yelling at them. I don't know what that is. Superman looks very old. They zoom in on Superman's face and he looks like haggard. Like he, he smoked too many Winstons or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> with that animation. Yeah, no, I have a theory because they make 
Aquaman look even older. Aquaman looks 25 if he looks a day. With the uh, fighting words. yellow scrambled eggs hair and the black <laughs> eyebrows. I think that Aquaman is the predecessor to uh, NSYNC. Jason Momoa? No, NSYNC, Justin Timberlake of with course, like the yeah. ramen noodle hair. An easy connection to make Ooh. for sure. Also, the the ending, the I'm sorry, the opening ends with Superman and Wonder Woman flying in space, which makes sense, right? Like they're they're godlike. They're also flying with Aquaman for some reason. Yes, this has always flummoxed me. He has. I've never seen this episode. The power of the seas behind him. Perhaps the ocean propelled him into the heavens. Maybe the depths of the ocean are as vast and deep as space, and he he's just used to the pressure and. I don't know the, the the elements around him. I don't know. I'm just I'm spitballing here. We're joshing around. I yeah. mean, that's what we do. We're Linda Ing around. Yeah, yeah, we're fucking around here. So, so the first segment we're talking about is the fifty foot woman and the idea of women getting tall and rampaging has been part of the zeitgeist, part of the lexicon for many years, right? Like there were movies in the fifties about tall women jumping around. So it shows. It, it sets the scene for me to finish my sentence and say that it's not necessarily a great harbinger for a, a strong episode again. Tall women jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. That's what, <laughs> that's the concept. If I had a highlighter, I would have highlighted that sentence. <laughs> Tall women jumping around. For goodness, right? You, would, you mm. were highlighting it to say this is good. Yeah, I yeah, women think they're words. You could you can come up with a better women sentence. Power. Yeah, strong, healthy women being tall and jumping, mm-hmm. dunking the ball. What do you want? <laughs> Fucking tall. This is like a, a precursor to Rebecca Lobo. There's a <laughs> yes twenty year, twenty five year reference that everyone will get. But Lo- very topical. Lobo, another DC character that never shows up on Super Friends. So who the who Rebecca the Lobo is a great superhero name. It's true. Like Rebecca Wolf. Basketball player. Yeah. This is Lobo, the, the DC anti-hero. So the yes. the character we see here, I'm going to call her the antagonist. I think she's really a, a tragic heroine, is Professor Amy Zahn. And she's making what she thinks is a super strength formula. Here is her thesis. Here is what drives her. Soon women will be as strong as men. We will no longer be a weaker sex. A man wrote this. <laughs> That's hilarious, lady. <laughs> but you have to respect where she's coming from, but she's joined by a collie, right? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Whew. Dave, why would you say that? I, I, it was the tits. <laughs> her colleague, or as I like to call her, voice of reason. Uh, her colleague, Dr. Oh. Taylor. Dr. Wet Blanket. <laughs> Dr. Ooh. Susan Taylor. Uh, anyway, they, they have this conversation. Can we, before we even get there, it opens up, and it opens up with a, the Transylvanian wolfhound. Yeah. Why is there a wolf? Like, it's, I don't know. It's made clear they're in the this desert. Is, yeah, it's not. I mean, this is almost out of Scooby-Doo. I thought it was supposed to be. A, Scooby-Doo is a dog. Like a. <laughs> Coyote in the sure. desert, kind of a situation. Yeah, I thought like, so they're too. Showing, showing like desolation. Right. 
Okay. But he he comes back, or she comes back. The coyote was a woman. The wolf uh, represent the cosmos? Yeah. Who's to say? Not me. It's a wolf howling at the moon, moon blood, something like that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But I, I imagine this is how science labs work. We have <laughs> a professor, doctor, doctor professor zone, and yeah. then an assistant. Right. Who is very shrill and very wet blankish niche. That's how you pronounce it. And the voice of so. reason. There was a time in my life where I worked with researchers. I was not a researcher myself, not a smart man, but I worked with researchers and I can attest it. Yes, it was exactly like this. All of the labs were in corrugated metal sheds uh, in the middle of the desert with no roads in or out. So it's very true to life in that way. So Dr. Zahn has a colleague, Dr. Taylor, and they just have this discussion about strength and gender and it's... I'm not going to say it's heady stuff for 1977. <laughs> but we don't need a strength formula to be equal to men. You're living in a dream world. Only with increased strength will we be able to compete with men. You're living in a dream world. Shailen, you're a lady. Thoughts? Yep. <laughs> so, it is clear to me that... A representative of the oppressor, also referred to frequently as the patriarchy. Yes. But who is the man? Was making this argument. <sighs> Jack Black? Is he the man? No, for sure not. Fuck the person who wrote this and fuck the women who were brainwashed into reading the script thinking it was okay. All right. Maybe they wrote it. No, a man wrote this. Here's what I want to do is I want to, over the next 70 or 80 minutes that it takes us to discuss this segment, I want this point to be the nail that we just hammer home every two to three minutes. Oh, I'll do it more frequently than that. We'll just repeat the same things over and over. Only an oppressor who can't understand that their power is formulated in a bad place yeah. thinks that to find equality, someone has to find the same level of oppression. I'm not yeah. trying. Instead of equality. I, I see, the the blood of the worker a... fuels the formula that turns us into 50-foot-tall people, I think. I'm is... not trying to be an oppressor here. I'm just trying to keep the, the show moving, you know? I'm just saying. Uh-huh. You asked my I'm opinion, I've delivered it, it. Let's move it on. Ben, I feel oppressed. You ignorant slut. Jane Curtin. Hilda <laughs> <Gilda> Radner. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Anyway. But um, only for one season. So anyway, she so she drinks the formula and it's red, the color of Moonblood. Mm-hmm. It's more like Tang and Moonblood. Mixed together, yeah. Like yeah. Moonblood flavored Tang, perhaps? Everyone drank Tang. I drank Tang. Did you guys drink Tang? No. Yes. I drank Tang all the time. Please stop saying drank Tang. It's very uncomfortable. Astronauts drank it. Well, NASA recruited me, and I said no. My family did you not. need me here. Their loss. Neil Armstrong. She drank the drink. Anyway, oh, she drank the drink. She drank the drink, and, drink ben, and she started to Ben's trying to move this to grow. Show. That's my job. I move the show. I know. That's I move the show. I'm supporting you. I haven't heard noises like that since puberty. <laughs> See, that's why you take notes so that you can get get your shit in. Yeah, that is now my favorite Bruce Lynch joke. That's right. <laughs> she grows to fifty feet tall, and you know it because everybody says that she's now fifty feet tall. Her shoes are left behind, but her clothes are okay. Her hair's a little tussled. Oh, we'll get there later. 
her tussly hair. I always like this aspect of people getting big is like, how do they explain it? Right. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of course, it was like, oh, he had science pants and they're, they grow with his dick. But here it's just like they made the point to have her shoes burst open, but her clothes are just like they're a little raggedy, but they're still fine. Her dress, because that becomes a, uh, a herald later on, uh, or at least a reference. But it's almost like a Tinkerbell. Like it's it's torn away, but it, it grows with her, but not entirely. So it's like a Tinkerbell thing going on. It stretches no, in she's 50 feet tall. just the right places. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Polyester. And that's the oppressor coming into play. I think there's also like a weird foot binding reference here. A foot finding? Foot binding. Foot binding? What? Oh, foot binding. Like dainty ladies have tiny feet kind of thing. Sure. And she's no longer dainty, so her shoes rip open. Yeah, so you put like those fucking belts on it. Each little each little winky toe and you're like, mm, yeah. You know that she's not going to be great because her dainty feet become monstrous. Uh, and Please, she's right. a please stop saying dainty feet. I will dainty. not. Uh, Shrink and tang, actually, dainty actually, feet. Can you guys keep talking about dainty feet? <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Imagine looping up those arches, Scott. I was drinking some tang while I was looking at those dainty feet. Nice yeah, why don't you go, go wash your feet in the Panama Canal? Yeah, that's Maybe. right. Um, well, uh, uh, as soon as she grew, the first thought I had was... What how a big how big are her shits? Like and then Jeez. I had the see the other question was what do giants shits look like? I don't know. I turned to my wife and asked that and then she went upstairs. Do you ever see Jurassic <laughs> Park? <laughs> right, because yeah. they're they're digging through the triceratops shit. Probably a lot like that, I imagine. That is one big pile of shit. She's yeah, that's right. She's relentless. Look, Alan, it's it's the drops on my hand. <laughs> Whoa, is Jeff Goldblum in the chat? <laughs> Whoa, holy no, shit. No, that was my Laura Dern. Oh, okay. <laughs> is Laura Dern in the chat? Whoa. Holy shit. What oh, Laura Dern. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the Hall of Justice here, and Batman and Robin and Wonder Woman are just standing there, and they're being very jaunty. Like, they're just hands on hips, very 70s-ish. The thing I want to call out here is just some of the voices are weird. Robin is portrayed by Casey Kasem. I don't know who portrays Batman, but it sounds like he ingested helium directly before the recording session. <laughs> so true. Here is but a single example. Holy gargantuans, what do we do? Our only chance is to find Professor Zahn and bring her back to our laboratory. You try to find the antidote that will make her normal again. We'll take care of the rest. We have to get her back to the laboratory. Robin, help me. We have to get her back to the laboratory. <laughs> Now say um, drinking tang in that voice. Drinking tang. Give up those arches. Oh, yeah. I never did talk about your dainty feet. That, that's the good shit. Now have uh, Donald Duck doing an orgasm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. Is that Donald Duck in the chat? <laughs> shit. So <laughs> we're now out of the desert. Dr. Zahn has made her way to the city where literally every time she steps, <laughs> she makes like impressions in the ground. She's big. And also, she finds a lot of things funny. Uh, she does, and wouldn't you know it, we have an audio clip for that. <laughs> so, women are the weaker sex. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> She's the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Just... <laughs> Loves to laugh. <laughs> but if he looked like Kathleen Turner as serial mom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that, yes. Yeah. You see, Ted Knight, the uh, narrative. Mm-hmm. 
narrator. The, the dynamic duo and Wonder Woman streak into action. Mm-hmm. They use that line so many times. No, it's all this, also the 70s when, like, streaking, it was a big thing. So were they just hoping that, like, <laughs> the show that they meticulously animated would just, like, if they willed it by saying streak a lot, like, the characters would just streak across the screen nude? I, w- I was hoping. Was that the 1970s nude code? Superheroes streaking, have yeah. a lot of inertia. Like Ray Stevens, the streak. Yeah. I mean, come on. Ah, okay. Mm, I wish I, I could do that whistle noise. Ah, I, woo. woo. Let's all do let's all do whistle noises I for did. a while. Woo. Shailen, do a Ringo Star whistle noise. No. Oh, we got a Ringo Star. Whoa. Was that Ringo Star? In the oh, chat? he's just here. Oh. Sorry. God, yeah. I'm getting zoom bombed all over the fucking but, place here. <laughs> but now, Paul, you you signed your contract, didn't you? <laughs> I put it on me wall. <laughs> So anyway, we're in the bat jet here. Batman is flying the jet. Robin is in the back seat. They're talking, and Robin he doesn't move. He always he has his hand on Batman's shoulder, which is okay because they're pals. But Robin's not wearing a glove, so he's just got like a naked hand on Batman's lycra clad shoulder. It's, um, I mean, again, context is important. Maybe in the seventies, like that shit was normal, but now I looked at it and it's a little homoerotic. Oh yeah, hello. The whole Ace and Gary thing might have taken mm-hmm. a little bit from this. It's Shailen, I mean, you know, you have some well-founded concerns about this, but that shot, a little something for the ladies. I'm not convinced that's true, Ben. A little something for the ladies, you know? <laughs> now, Batman has a plan. His plan is to hold a one-liter big gulp like you'd get out of 7-Eleven, and he's going to bat rope down, and he's going to tranquilize this 50-foot woman. Not a terribly well-founded plan, but I I guess they didn't have much time. I disagree. I think this is an excellent plan. They don't have to do anything intravenously, so they don't have to worry about puncturing her very thick 50-foot skin. Why would her skin be that thick? Impenetrable. Everything got bigger. Why wouldn't her skin get thicker? Okay. I mentioned the the writer thought that all women had pretty thin skin, so... (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. I hear that, brother. Yeah. He bet ropes down or whatever, and things, as you might guess, go a little awry. One spray of this bat tranquilizer, and Professor Zahn will be out like a light. Holy miscalculations. (laughs) (laughs) One one thing about the, the voice actor, is he trying to do Adam West? Is he impersonating Adam West or trying to replicate that? So in some of the seasons, Adam West is Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not in this Okay, so they tried to like find someone who could and sound like him. Shame on me for knowing that. Yeah, this is Adam East. <laughs> I thought this one was Adam North. That's why I take notes. Uh, I was ready to go on that one. Uh, Peter Peter North. <laughs> Peter North's brother, Adam North. Bruce Lynch joke. You might be shocked to hear this. The scale here is completely crazy. So Batman lands on her shoulder and is as tall as her head and she's got this weird crazy hair but then she reaches up and in the next shot batman fits easily in the palm of her hand so either this woman has the world's smallest head which i guess is possible it's not like it's a perfect growth formula it contains her teeny tiny lady brain shaylin i find that very sexist okay that's okay i'm trying to be like the the voice of uh, progressive jimmy fallon shaylin that's (laughs) not 
this is this is our podcast from from here on in. Just yeah. There's no easy way out. The scale is hilarious, but also the way he lands on her shoulders, just feet first, like knees don't bend. Mm-hmm. He, he looks like a thumb again. Like we we keep going back to these animated thumbs. He's just like the, a thumb with a cowl on. Like he's emotionless and motionless. Like he's not doing anything. He's just standing there. They like cut to him like looking up at the the giant woman and just like does nothing. It is. I like the animation in the show, but like this scene was really really poorly done. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's true. And for what it's worth, I've been to a fair number of comic cons in my day, and I will mm-hmm. say the thumb dressed like a cowl is a it's a big time move in like the the after hours like cosplay raves. I can so, see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody gets their jollies in different ways, and that's okay. Yeah. And good for them. There's no shame in it. So the important put, put thing a, is here. Put a cowl on that big toe and I'm all in. <laughs> put a cowl on it. If you like <laughs> it, then you got to put a cowl on it. Um, anyway, so the important thing here is Dr. Zahn's like, I'm going to make you big, Batman. You're going to be real big. And there's only one place where you can do that kind of work. The scientific research ship and the harbor should have what I need to conduct my experiment. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What I worry about with Dr. Zahn here, and it becomes clear later, she's a little mentally um, unstable. Now, Shailen, I don't know. Well, she's a woman. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it's the gender thing or if it's the formula making her making her a goofball, but I don't know how she would pick up tiny instruments. That That's a big flaw. I that, think that's a fine question. That's a hashtag film flub. Hashtag big fuck up. Probably because all the, the you know. You know, her hysterics and all of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Those yeah. fucking hormones, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 50 times bigger. Well, I mean, at this point, I wrote down her hair's a mess. Maybe the assistant could make a giant comb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> all the socials that watch. <laughs> well, for Ben, Shailen, Kendall. I'm Dave, and this is the end of Watchbots. And uh, to go out here, we're going to have Ringo Starr talk about making a giant comb. I'm just kidding. There's so much more to do. Hashtag giant comb. So Batman is kidnapped. Wonder Woman calls Dr. Taylor, and she's like, hey, make that fucking antidote, which is big pressure, considering you can assume Dr. Zahn probably had years and lots of grants and Dr. Taylor's under pressure, but no matter. What do you, what do you think? How do you think she applied for that grant? She's like, I want to embiggen people. Give me $50,000, please. How would you do it? I, I don't, I guess that's, I guess that's how I would do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think she had to lie on the application and say that she was a man wanting to embiggen people because of Probably. the 70s. Or embiggen pe- maybe not people. Pe- Combs. Pings. Uh, no, just combs. Peapods. Peacones. Peacones. It was the, uh, the, the comb Everett Coop grant. <laughs> I don't know why C. Everett Coop would have been involved, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, he was a good man. That's what I've been told. Tina Fey. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the river, and we're at the scientific research ship here. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. The point is, Robin just yells, hey, Amazon lady. And then... He ducks into the ship, into like a communications room, and she punches through the wall and does so easily. Like a steel ship, like just punches through this motherfucker. Robin picks up a steel beam and Robin, a strong boy, but a boy nonetheless, 
and he puts this beam down and now she's magically blocked or like a yeah t- like you got to let go of the cookies in the cookie jar she doesn't want it mhm there you go you know there's a term for that now that's what i call a super handcuff wow nailed it you're on top of that yeah and then robin <laughs> I, I laughed at this i just thought this was hysterical he takes his little rope and he loops it around Dr. Zahn's <laughs> thumb and he just pulls her thumb down while Dr. Zahn refuses to move or do anything and then Batman swims away yeah, and she like, I'll be back in the bat jet. No resistance whatsoever. The thumb just yeah. opens up like yeah. without friction. It's great. It, in like in a, a parting shot there as he's like freestyling away, I'm going to be back and in the bat jet, I'm telling you my plan, which is smart. I mean, you always want to tell yeah, the person, yeah, you, your enemy, your exact plan. You want to reveal your strategy to your enemies. Right. I think, it's reverse I think that psychology. Was in the art of war. Yeah. yeah. And the, the the question I had was when she had Batman in her hand and she's like two in the bush. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this gets my. It's like those raves. She's like, relax, Batman. Soon you'll be. You know. Did anyone else think that she was going to suggest something? You know, untoward. Because I didn't. No, I no. Because okay. you I can't she was bring crush him. You can't force sexuality into these shows. Um, or so I've been told. <laughs> ben never uh, does that, Kendall. I only find it when it's there. Well, she's. Far, I'm far too strong. <laughs> Gosh, are you, she she mugsy, bugsy. Well, bugsy. Is that, your Ringo, that was a terrible Ringo star. Her, <laughs> yeah, it is. Her voice is crazy, though. Yeah. Well, like, she took steroids, essentially. So it's like a building of testosterone, a deepening of the voice, some thickening of the vocal cords. I, that's a scientific. She, she obliterated Barry Bonds' uh, home run mark. That's Ooh. true. That one doesn't even count on the... Or does it count on the Asterisk. record? Asterisks, yeah. These baseball guys, get off your fucking high horse and join us in the real world, okay? Come on, sticky stuff. Yeah. Steroids. Babe Ruth, Lou Gary, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Will Ferrell <laughs> on a gas tire. <laughs> so they're in planes now, and they're in the Bat plane and the Wonder Woman plane, and they fire cables. And when you fire cables at like a tall woman, there's a term for that. Now for some supersonic roping. And it's weird, right? Because this was 1977, right? But this line took me almost two decades in the future. And maybe it was the precursor for something. I'm going to play something. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. Okay. So we know it's time for some supersonic roping. But in some cases, roping is not appropriate. Well, it's two minutes for roping. That's a new one on me. (laughs) I don't know. Is there a connection? Who's to say? Quack. Super Friends, D2 the Mighty Ducks. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen the Mighty Ducks. (gasps) Oh, fuck. Mighty Ducks 2 or the Sandlot. You've never seen the Sandlot? None of those are good. No, because I have a soul and I have a brain. I don't think those are good reasons. I was going to say, and you were 55 when those movies came out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we should have really watched The Mighty Ducks. Folks, if you haven't watched D2 The Mighty Ducks, it's when we're recording, it's the week of July 4th. You love America? Check out D2 The Mighty Ducks. Dwayne Robertson roping a villainous Icelander for the affection of a woman. Go to hell, Iceland. You fucks. Although I did find out that. Greenland is covered with ice, but Iceland is very nice. 
D2 The Mighty Ducks, another one of those movies that I can quote incessantly, and it's very shameful, but this is who I am at this point. So what can you do? Hashtag Hassafafarinex. <laughs> Hashtag two minutes for roping. Now, they shoot their cables at Dr. Zahn, and like they catch her in the cables, and she's, she says, your cables can't catch me. But then, then they do quite easily, and then they spray her with antidote, and she shrinks. And we're back to the lab instantaneously. For normies, you got Dr. Zahn and Dr. Taylor, right? And for soups, you got you got your Batman and you got your Wonder Woman and you got your Robin. And Dr. Zahn's like, holy shit, what the fuck did I do? I really fucked up here. And one of the superheroes says something that is just simply like, a, it's a lie. Fortunately, the only damage done was to your own lab. And the ship. It's not true. And the ship and the... The, desk the that she office. The, yeah, yeah, she the broke desk. a desk and she was stepped the desk on the ground. Supposed to like represent like the role of the woman as secretary in American business, or was that like I I went? I no, 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 no. See, you didn't go deep enough. The desk very phallic. See, so when she crushes it, it's her crushing the patriarchy. Yeah. All of it, the whole thing. Thing. The man and woman in that office, like they looked like they were up to something when her giant hand came in. Like, oh. it yeah, like no, there's some def- definite sexual harassment oh, going on. This there. was, um, oh, yeah, uh, your favorite book. Yeah. Disclosure, yes. Uh, yeah. Sphere. Yes. Oh, exactly. disclosure. She stopped a crime. That's all I'm saying. That, yeah, that, that's what I'm suggesting. She's like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, she's shutting it down. Is a crime of passion really a crime? Yes. Hmm. Yes. It's a crime. Yes. I think it's a thing to be joyful about. <laughs> should celebrate nope. it's a 2-2 two, two argument there but you're wrong so so here's here's the thing to get us around that i'm gonna i'm gonna play the end of the segment here i think this might be a little long but there's a moral to this uh there's another wolf howl there's a lot going on thank you and i just wanted the wolf howl in there i will baby i guess i've learned that physical strength is not the measure of equality it's strength of character that's important right Besides, at 50 feet tall, you wouldn't be able to find anything in your dress size. (laughs) (laughs) A man wrote that. Hey, truer words have never been spoken. Hey, men can wear dresses too, am I right? Amen. And we all learned a lesson that day, let me tell you. I I used to be a size six. Damn it. (laughs) Then this goddamn pandemic hit. I'm a size uh, double eight. Is that a dress size? No. Mm, okay. So. Cool. Now, that is the end of the 50-foot woman. So we'll breeze through things. I'm sure folks have a couple observations. I kind of scrolled through the next little bit here. One of the segments we're not talking about was the Wonder Twin segment. It was called Cheating. Cheating. <laughs> and the things that I saw, I'm sure somebody can explain this better than me. I saw Gleek being carried by an eagle to help a cross-country team from cheating in the race so i I, i'll sum it up a guy wants to cheat he wants to win the race for the cross-country team so he does the you know the cliche i'm going to cut through the woods and cut around the path in a very easy way yeah not as all tougher than actually running is what he did he takes a shortcut but the shortcut involves him throwing a grappling hook around uh, over a gorge and while he's climbing over the gorge there are two boy scouts down in the gorge trapped he ignores them because he's like i gotta i gotta win and then somehow the Wonder Twins are involved. They rescue the twins. The twins accuse the guy of cheating, and mm-hmm. and he's he's not he's not allowed. Lessons were learned. Yeah, I mean as they always are. This seems like a waste of the Wonder Twins, but 
what do I know, right? But Dave, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I saw a part of this segment where Gleek is getting washed by a talking horse while he grunts. Oh, this is gross. Okay. Because Zan is the water. Yeah, so they have a tub. Zan turns into water because he's he's water based or whatever, and then what? Than just they're use wash- water. Yeah, and they're washing the monkey, space monkey, in Zan. And Jaina says, "Take it like a monkey, Gleek." Yeah, <laughs> she actually says, "Take it like a." I, I'm actually not kidding this time. Take it like a monkey. Gleek. It's an allegory for Jesus. Everything's an allegory for Jesus. Explain that, Shannon. I can't. Can I put a, a hot take out there? Yeah. Throw the Wonder out. Twins are fucked up. Like that's just fucked up. Yep. What if the girl accidentally drank Zan when he was in water form? Oh, uh, Gleek did. Oh, and what Zan a was like, fucking idiot! In another one, it was like, "Get me out of you!" So and then he turned back into a, like a man and exploded Gleek. Oh, that'd be awesome! It was like inner space, yeah. blood everywhere, so visceral. Saw everything. We also get the sort of main event, which we're skipping the main event to talk about the uh, the denouement, as if you if you will. In this case, the Super Friends, the Justice League, get together to fight little green goblin men who appear to be riding around in big Pac-Man robots. It's kind of like the robot from The Incredibles. It really is ahead of its time. Oh, yes. Same thing. Yes. The, uh, like, it can't be destroyed. It has no weakness. It's, what was its ultimate weakness, though? Spoiler alert coming up, folks. Uh, itself. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> Loves to party. It looked in the mirror and was like, what am I doing to ladies? <laughs> Then it blew its own brains out. Good yeah. God. There is a um, a giant hole that's uh, in between the legs of the robot that opens the up. The term is orifice. orifice. Yes, sorry. There is a giant robot orifice that is constantly dropping superheroes out of it mm-hmm. and taking superheroes into it. Unfortunately, it's the wrong size. Ew. Yeah. But Any it's size is listening. the right size. Any size. So one thing I forgot to mention in the run-up here is there are lots of these like little interstitial segments, too. Grabbed a couple here. So there's there's three that we'll talk about as we go in the flow. Yeah. The first one is <laughs> they do this weird electric company like code word thing. I didn't grab the beginning, but I did grab the end. And here's the code word of the day. Put space together with ship and you get the code word spaceship. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Wonder Woman. Um, and then Pee Wee Herman started freaking out. Yeah. Word of the day. He was in that, that theater in Los Angeles. Yeah, freaking out. Day. Freaking out. Shot his gleek everywhere. Looking at <laughs> orifices. <laughs> Paul Rubens. David Koechner. <laughs> we move into, this is my favorite thing ever, craft part one. And just the words craft part one appear on the screen. I had no idea what was <laughs> happening here. Like this is tremendous. For some reason, I thought it was going to go into like craft work, <laughs> the, the music. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, no. Batman and Robin are in the Batmobile, and they're driving. They just go into a house. They don't go into the Hall of Justice. This is just a regular old house, and this is a little bit of their dialogue. I'll show you. Here we are, Robin. With these two paper cups, some string, and two buttons, we have all the parts for a two-way phone. Start by punching a small hole in the bottom of each cup. Okay. In a few minutes, I'll tell you how to finish them. Don't go away. It 
Batman. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the American it's just Top like, Forty. Batman's got this big grin on. You know, it's just like the weirdest thing. It's fucking. It's the biggest trip. I I thought this was terrific. Why aren't they in the Batcave? They're in a house. It's fine. No, That's where they live. There's some some dad's workshop. That's Bruce's house. Some dad's workshop with some paper cups and buttons. When was Mister Wizard on? Does this later go inside? Than way this? later. Uh, way later. Okay. Yeah, this is you know the seventies. This show is the blueprint for a lot of different things: The Incredibles, Mister Wizard, um, Christopher <laughs> Nolan's Batman trilogy. It's like it doesn't know what it wants to be, but at the same time, it is exactly what it needs to be. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Very much. <laughs> Do you know what my takeaway from this was? Such a big appeal to Batman in like the eighties and nineties, and to, to some extent today, it's just like Batman's cool shit. Like he's got his little foldable boomerangs and his grapple gun and here he is like a fucking doofus making like a cup on a string phone with robin as if robin is like six it's the weirdest tone but robin is very enthusiastic about it right i mean i was i was again it was infectious i was enthused by it the earnestness of the super friends Yes, there's the there's not a right? sense of irony like, to this at there's all. There's no irony, no like they're so stupid <laughs> just in terms of dealing with it. Why would you do that? It's like and the, the the villains are so much smarter. Like they don't even recognize what I, what they're I doing. just kept thinking of Robin's backstory like let's go make a paper cup phone. Uh and your parents are dead, Robin. Like <laughs> like I just kept thinking of that. I had to adopt you cuz you're an orphan by murder. Well, so is Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but... It's debatable. And so is Superman. Hmm, also Not debatable. by murder. That was yes. an accident. Kind of. Natural disaster. But that's just... All dark beginnings for these heroes. That's just craft part one. So, you know, I, I, there was that tease there that there would be at least a part two. So let's get into this other segment. So this one's called Attack of the Killer Bees. And I just will put this out there. There are a lot of misconceptions about killer bees in this segment. So before we get into the fiction, I want to get into the facts. So I'm going to introduce a new segment here. This is called Bee Aware. So the killer bee is also known as the Africanized honeybee. They have killed, but more because of the size of the swarm than because they're some kind of super bee, right? So they are killers, but they're really more defensive than attackers, right? You get into their shit. They're going to fuck you up. So the killer bee, at the time of this airing, hadn't even made it to the U.S. They had been in South America, made it their way to the U.S. in 1985 and swarmed the Southwest. I saw lots of impressive animated maps. In this cartoon, they chase Aquaman and Samurai and the villagers seemingly for miles, but the killer bee, while aggressive, will usually chase its target for up to 500 meters. So half a click. Not that bad. Uh, if you want... If you want to learn more <laughs> about bees, what's considered the definitive documentary came out in 2007. A uh, little film, you might have heard of it, called Bee Movie. And, um, and that's Be Aware. So, Did I ever tell you about the time that I almost died from a bunch of wasp stings? Oh, wait. So I was walking through the woods. And I had two friends in front of me. Uh-huh. And the first one kicked a mud wasp nest. The second one stepped on it. And by then, the wasps were fucking mad. Sure. And they flew up my shorts and t-shirt and stung me so many times, I almost had to go to the ER. 
you know, I, also, I would say don't anthropomorphize animal emotions. Mad? I don't know. <laughs> Threatened something. They were and they the, were aggressive. And your friends were dressed like bears, and they put a giant cage over your head. Yeah, that wasn't nice of them. And no. then you you got home, and your mom was like, "Honey, be more careful." My mom actually wasn't even home. My neighbor had to throw me in a bathtub full of oatmeal. You and your friends had a real hive mind. And then your father, the funeral home director, was like, "Your friend is dead. I'm sorry. He was allergic to oh, bees." Oh, you guys. The house for my girl is for sale. Let's use the WatchBots money to get it. Yeah. I went to college with the uh, my girl girl. Anna Chomsky. Klumsky. Klumsky. Mm-hmm. My cousin, who's a couple years older than I am, had one of those scholastic books about Anna Klumsky, because this was around the time where um, like that movie was really popular, and she was like the it girl. So it was one of those like, 20-page biographies of her life. Should I leave for this? <laughs> <laughs> no, oddly, there there were only like three pages of pictures. Probably uh, written by a man. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Um, it was it was written by a guy named Pat Riarchi. Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, this segment introduces us to a new character, the character of Samurai. And when I saw this guy pop on screen, let me describe him visually. He's got on... It's a onesie kind of, it's a leotard kind of, it comes down right over his crotch. This guy's got a big bulge, it's got green winged V's, he's got hair, of course he has a Fu Manchu because he's Asian. It's like a Borat bikini? Well, yeah, yeah. I had a diaper slash Zardoz ensemble. <laughs> it is very Zardoz. <laughs> that's, that's good, yeah. yeah. Japanese Zardoz. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Zardoz and uh, You Only Live Twice mashed together. (laughs) (laughs) Make a dream. I hadn't realized that they were making up characters, and I thought, like, what a way to do it. And then to come up with the name Samurai. Just truly bizarre stuff. And to have the character Samurai be in a story about Africa. Like, it's just they're mixing all of these weird stereotypes together. It's just like the most fucked up soup you've ever eaten in your life. This is a character born out of... People with very limited uh, cultural scope outside their own backyard. And they were like, this is weird and different for me. So obviously it's all from the same place. This character or this entire segment? Yes. You can apply that that lens to the whole thing. It all works. To get this story started, we got to go to Africa. What part of Africa? There's only one. Deepest, darkest. Do you, you put your finger up and I nodded to say, go ahead. Do you, do you have a point? You put your hand up. Oh, were you? Were you... Oh, oh, shit. No, no, no. I, I fuck. Uh, I just wanted to do, I, I had something to say about the opening shot where yes. it's like, my Lord, that giraffe is hanging dong. And then I was like, oh shit, that's a tail. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was worth the wait. <laughs> it was. That played out I, so I, much better. I thought you were, you were talking to Shaylin there. No, like, I was just I talking. Like, you in had general. like this thing going here, and I was like, "All right, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm, I have, yeah. No, I have this dong hanging dong." Joke. You know, I didn't think it was hanging dong. I thought I, w- I was looking at it, and I was like, "Oh man, Doctor Zahn finally got that fucking comb thing figured out." Am I right? <laughs> famous comb thing. And yeah, that comes anyway. the tits. <laughs> Let's get some opening narration. David Spade. <laughs> oh, you took mine. The vast plains of Africa. 
where wild animals and man Andrew coexistence. Motherfucker has never seen ghosts in the darkness. <laughs> it's got the Johnny Quest music. It's got. It's just like this is Africa, and you know what? I will say this: it looks like a nice place to be. There was a nude boy being washed. There was a bunch of people farming. It looked very idyllic. There was like nurse, a nurse, you know, a woman nursing. Was she nursing was him, that? or was she just holding him weird? Because I thought that at first, and then I was like, you can't nurse through fabric easily. Yeah, I think that the kid was just nestled firmly to her bosom. Yeah, like I think the fabric covered her nipple. Mm-hmm. No, I imagine that it, it somehow went through. Nah. Hashtag nipple fabric. Has- hashtag diamond cutters. Hashtag get that milk now we have seen for for what it's worth for what it's worth we have seen much more offensive takes on uh african culture than this so kudos to them for that but there's a problem in africa you know we just spent some time with some b facts here is the issue so it's just this swarm of bat-sized bees and i don't know you know you could argue that the farmers maybe stumbled on a hive you know maybe they put a hoe through it but these bees are so vindictive in a way sex workers (laughs) (laughs) in a way that you haven't seen outside of Jaws 4. The vindictive shark chasing down Roy Scheider's family, chasing down Michael Caine. The bees had it in for this village. For some reason, you know, who's at fault? I I don't know. I wish I did. And uh, I I will say that my brother, four years my senior, that line, hello bees, he used that line. (laughs) It's very funny. Forever. Yeah, Uh, so there you go. Do you remember in the early to mid 90s in Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. there were a bunch of. um, I was here. The salad salad days, really. There were weird looking hummingbirds that people thought were giant bees and they were just like murdering them and they became endangered as a result of like mistaking them because they got pulled up in like a Gulf Stream and they're not native to Massachusetts. No. Yeah, the old. Just my family. No, it was the old Gulf Stream birds, of course. We all remember. My mom killed like five of them before she found out they were birds and not bees. And she was like really, really upset about it. And then your mom? <laughs> Maybe they were angels. Were they? Could oh, be. were they the divorce birds? It was prior to the divorce. <laughs> your mom pulled you aside and was like, honey, we have to talk about the birds and the bees. Oh, There's that, a buzz going on about them. That never happened. No, about those birds and the bees. Still That's not. That's what she was like. The year was 2007. So the bees chase the whole village into a single, you know, a single domicile. And this is so funny, right? Because like they're swarming around outside and like two or three bees get in through a crack and they're like, oh, fuck, the bees are here. And it's just like, it's like four bees, dude. Just fucking stomp on them or whatever. And then they seal it up. But I figured, Dave, you had to be ready with, not the bees, not the bees. Yeah. So Shailen was walking down the path and she, the, her friends were in bear costumes and she put the mask on. And then everyone was like, oh, God, not the bees. Oh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, I love way better than the original. B movie? The Wicker Man? Yes. Both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was talking about The Wicker Man. Cage. Oh, okay. Perfect. 
The original. Bam. Yeah, the cage version. <laughs> Special guest, Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Boy, we're we're on the rails here. No, yeah. no, it's fine. If people wanted a dry reading of the cartoon, I don't know. Wouldn't come here. Go listen to NPR, you cultured fucks. Anyway. Oh, God. Just imagine one of those reporters reviewing a Super Friends cartoon. Wait, wait, don't tell me. More like, wait, wait, I ain't listening. Okay. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Batman trying to analyze how to end the 50-foot woman. <laughs> and I had my hand on my assistant's breast. <laughs> Where are you doing that? What's the Halloween song? The, the monster the, mash? <laughs> yeah, it sounded like the monster mash there. Right? <laughs> I was working on my. I was, was working in the lab on. late one night, and Super Friends came on, and I thought I'll give it a try. A quick plug for things. Something has nothing to do with us. There is a podcast called Comedy Bang Bang, and every year they do a version of the monster mash called the Monster Fuck, and it's it's a couple of comedians just making the monster mash just like a weird sex orgy song, and it is a delight. Uh, go check it out. <laughs> so these people are in trouble. They got the killer bees. We cut to the Hall of Justice, where a gentleman wearing a fez and a medallion is yelling, and then Aquaman is not there. Aquaman is in another location entirely. And I want to play for you maybe the worst line read we've ever had. <laughs> Samurai and myself are close by Africa super friends. Samurai and I are close Africa super friends. And it's like, did he say <laughs> Africa super friends? <laughs> like Part of my job is to. It's just weird. Part of my job is to what? Is two. It's Read an office lines. reference. Come on. It's when Dwight gets a, gets a concussion. God, you know that I stopped watching that show. You you saw that episode. Yeah, I remember them all line by line. This is my favorite part of WatchBots when you two argue. I'm the watcher to the watcher of Office. Yeah, I am a Robert California fan, huh? It's the episode when when Michael cooks his foot. You've seen that one. Yeah, but I don't remember anything Part of my job it. is to... My brain is taken up with the Mighty Ducks too. What I, I don't okay. I don't know what to tell you at this Never point. Saw. Africa Super Friends. Africa Super Friends. Uh, Lorne Michaels. So Samurai and Aquaman are close to Africa, and I thought, what does that mean? Where are they? Like, are they in South America? Are they in Southern Europe? Maybe one of the Adriatic nations? I don't know, because what you see is. Aquaman and Samurai standing on a cliff, and then all of a sudden, Aquaman says, We've got to hurry, Samurai. I'll meet you in Africa. Africa's a big place. Where are they going? (laughs) What is he doing? I figured they were in a whorehouse in Abu Dhabi. (laughs) Yes, very much so. And then Aquaman does like a Greg Luganus off a cliff. For the first of multiple times here. I was going to say, not the first time. I mean, not the last time. Yeah. I'll see you in the country of Africa. Let, let's let's go there. Yeah. What if it was a country or a part of Africa where it's not near the ocean? Like, is he just swimming to Africa? Like, what is happening? Yeah, I think they had the uh, what, the uh, Kilimanjaro, the uh, Toto, the Toto song. I think that was underneath. For sure. The, uh, the killer bees the, are in Africa. <laughs> Underneath the giraffe, giraffe's dong. Are they blessing like the see, bees? Or? You, can, 
you could see uh, Kilimanjaro. So there it is. What's that? East Africa, I think. I don't yeah, uh, easily accessible by the Panama Canal, which, of course, at this time yeah, was back in the hands the of the Panamanians. Canal. Yeah, 15 miles. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, she's a good old worker and a good old pal. Hashtag 15 miles on the Erie Canal. Now, so we know how Aquaman's getting to Africa from Undisclosed Location X, but you're like, Samurai is just a guy. How is he going to get there? Yeah, he's just a regular Samurai Joe. Yeah, he's here with his green thing and his fucking pubic bulge everywhere. Like, this guy can't swim. He's just getting his nuts lifted by his swimsuit. But you're like, wait a minute. This guy's in the Justice League, or loosely affiliated. He's like the A. Whitney Brown. This, like, they're kind of like on the, <laughs> you know, they're, they want to be regular cast members, but they're on the, the periphery. I'm bringing these NPR references to the show now. Isn't he on uh, Saturday Night Live? I don't know who that is. Is that new Saturday Night Live? No, it's like 1990. Oh, a Whitney Brown. There you go. Yeah, he's like Chris Rock, 1992, like featured player, yeah. never got a major role. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Rock. A Whitney Brown. Oh, hey. Here we go. We did it. We did it. We're back. We did it. We did it. He wrote. On Saturday Night Live for like eight years. <laughs> what? A. Whitney Brown? Yeah. Chillin', if A. Whitney Brown were here reading down his filmography, what would that sound like? It would be... What if he was here and he was talking to us? What, what, what might that sound like? Yeah, what's your best A. Whitney Brown impression? What if, he was, what if he was in the chat? Hey, you know, I wrote 386 episodes of The Daily Show, no big. It was fine. Oh, wait, Whitney Brown sounds like he sucks. Yeah, he just, it's literally just like all of the best ofs and one episode of Tales from the Crypt. Well, that was a worthwhile diversion. Now let's get back to the samurai introduction. His ancient powers of the mind and what they do here is yeah. and they do this every time samurai does anything that's not walking around is they cut to a shot of just some indiscriminate foliage and it's samurai standing there you know his feet are hip width apart and it's just this wide shot hands on hips and it's him shouting in japanese and then something happens sometimes he turns invisible sometimes he turns into a hurricane <laughs> I, I don't know this is quite a thing yeah, because I, I took away from that. It's like Aquaman's going to save the village by swimming and Samurai's going to save it by not using any contraction. <laughs> that's, that's a power of the mind, all right. That is a slow burn. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> these kind of episodes and storylines really reveal like Aquaman's awful useless powers he can sure. only work if there's water well that's not true that's not true we saw in the opening that he can fly in space somehow oh, true true he can only work in water and outer space <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it's very constraining Cosby's daughter. what oh yeah right exactly <laughs> I... more like jason momo oh yeah momo yeah Are we second attempt we got there he wrote the uh, 50-foot woman episode, and I was like, Jason Momoa. <laughs> I don't like him. You don't like Jason Momoa? No. Why? He seems like a cool dude. You think he's a fake? I think he's overrated. 
I don't understand why so many women are like, oh my God, let me take off my clothes for this hunky man. And I'm you, like, I don't get it. The glistening muscles, the hair. The roguish grin. I think he's good Not with kids. Also, like, he's like sensitive to Daenerys to the Garion sex scenes, too. Like, yeah, he can, and he can swim real good. Yeah. I appreciate that he is a good steward of the earth and the environment in general, and he appears to treat people well. But like, I don't, I don't get wrong? like the sex god oh, stuff. Oh, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it. You're a Christian Bale girl, and that there's no one else. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Hashtag. Christian Bale in Henry the Fifth when he was like twelve. Yeah. No. 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 The Empire of the Sun. When he was 11. Yeah. Newsies when he was 17 and a half. No, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're kidding. Because nobody likes anything about Newsies. Newsflash. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe that, was a, that, was, that was an unpopular take there. My favorite thing Newsies. about tonight's episode is just letting Kendall's jokes hang in the air. This Listen, is- I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of Saturday Night Live cast members. That's where I'm at here. <laughs> We're coming up dry. So the, I've had a hard year. Sure. No one else understands this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had a hard year. You know who understands? Steve it? Martin, My Dan Aykroyd. Steve Martin wasn't on the show. He was a frequent host. That's a long time host. It's been a tough year for everybody. So we go to the village. No, just me. And <laughs> Samurai and Aquaman. They're sitting behind a wall, and they're like. We gotta get over to that house. Now it's with insight, and I'm gonna estimate, and scale can be a little weird in cartoons. I'm gonna estimate a hundred feet. And instead of just creeping over there to this hut that's in the middle of just a landmass or whatever, Aquaman has to jump into a river to swim to get there, and Samurai is gonna use his hurricane powers. He probably could have just crept over there, but I'm not a cartoon writer, so what do I know? Is he trying to be underwater to avoid the bees from stinging him? Still has to get to the hut. It's not a great plan. Maybe he's covered in water so they won't smell him as much. Is that how that works? Do, do I have to go? Smell? Do I do I have to pull up the be aware music again? Bees no. do not have noses. I'm uh, fucking bees with you, only man. sense through their tentacle and through their stingers. So then it's smooth, it's smooth swimming though. Uh, once he gets in the river bed, right? it sure is, Kendall. I'm so glad you you brought us there. Because this guy, he swims by a hippopotamus, and you're like, whoa, that thing, that's fucking crazy. That's a hippo. But then he sees some gators or some crocs. I don't know. Shailen, is a, is a crocodile crocs. amphibious? They are reptilian. Thanks, Shailen. And then he's in trouble. And But we go well, we go to what would be commercial, but what actually goes to, to us is a real treat because it's Diaper Craft Part 2. Yes. And when we left Batman and Robin... They were uh, t- tying b- buttons to strings and putting them in cups. I just need to and- know how they finished the project. <laughs> How's it going to come out? <laughs> Will that phone work? Tune in. Those crazy heroes, what are they getting up to? And then Ma Bell puts it down. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote great question, Robin. I have no idea what this is. A two-way phone, eh? There. Got the holes in the cups. Now, how do we use the string and the buttons? Thread one end of the string through one of the holes. <laughs> what is how do we use the buttons? One of those two-way phones, as opposed to the one-way ones. You guys will be shocked to hear this. They fuck up the whole string phone. It, the house is set on fire. Uh, it's horrible. No, no, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. They, they finish it. And you I'm Josh? Gonna, 
<laughs> I'm joshing around here. I'm I'm a regular Anna Gasteyer. Fucking Georgian they around. actually started the 80s Satan. Oh, the Satanic Panic? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to know if they answer with hello or ahoy hoy. Would you like to know how their conversation oh, goes? Oh, we don't hear the whole thing. They're six feet away from each other, so I don't know that they actually needed the phone, but I want you guys to listen. You okay. guys here and you guys in the cloud on the internet or whatever. Listen to the sheer unbridled glee. It's beautiful. Pull the string tight and we'll be ready to use our we'll new phone. Ready. Can you hear me? Loud and clear, Robin. Over and out. <laughs> Over and out. And now, kids, you can use your paper phone to call Satan. <laughs> Batman just grinning like a schoolboy, as if he had had one of those fucking like sour candy straw things. This guy is in heaven. It's ridiculous. Right. So here, here's a question. Did you make those? What? The paper phone? Like yeah, I couldn't get I could never do it. So I never saw this tutorial, well, but Well, I mean, or like with the, the tin can and the, the string. Yeah, no, I I literally tried uh, and couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it's just like or like you could just hear the person. That's what I hear whenever I hear a woman talking, am I right? <laughs> I'm not high fiving you for that. We had we did the <laughs> We did the string phone thing, and then we realized as a neighborhood collectively, we all had like the the walkie-talkie sets with two walkie-talkies, but we figured out how to make them all connect so we could have like nine kids in the neighborhood all using walkie-talkies simultaneously. Wow, you guys and, are hackers. Well, no. I mean, th- that <laughs> shit's all on the same RC frequency. So whoa, then, whoa. Or Tone down the tech talk. We're hackers. Um, whoa. Holy bingo. shit. So then my dad found these walkie-talkies that were meant for long distances, and they were running off a, like a cell phone relay tower. And so we were several cities so away talking things. to our old neighbor. This is like the basis for st- Stranger Things, right? And then they shut Most them definitely. off How because they realized. Can I ask a follow-on question? Yeah. How much tang was being drank at the time? None. No, I was okay. not allowed to have tang. There was too much sugar in it. How many conversations no on those, um, those CB radios were about dainty feet? <laughs> I don't want to discuss that answer. Reggie, this is Shalen. Come in. Come in. How are <laughs> your JT feet, Reggie? Reggie, over? I plead the fifth. Over and out. Over and out. We're like, plead the size five. Chevy Chase. <laughs> See, and that's why you can't go into these jokes half cocked, right? You got you to gotta come out with, you know, you got to know where you're going. That joke's the tits. <laughs> Chris Farley. So anyway, they get to the village. I'm going to gloss over this. Aquaman oh, uses fish. Yes. Yes. Don't gloss over this, please. Uh, well, every detail needs to be discussed. I think okay. we have to because it's... Walk me uh, through it. <laughs> How does he use the fish? Why can't he just... If he has the powers, why can't he make the crocodiles the friends? Crocodiles are not fish. They're amphibious, as we discussed. They're or reptilian, reptiles. And his power doesn't extend that motherfucking far. All right. But then it, it, it goes into like this whirlwind, like cartoonish thing. And I, I just wanted a the rolling pin and the English drunk. And like it was right out of Andy Cap. Like, <laughs> seriously. You know, like it really, really was. Can, yeah. can I proffer a, a theory here? You know, what happens is Aquaman calls fish in to confuse the crocodiles. But fish, they wouldn't move in that whirlwind. So I think what happened is Samurai snuck down there and it was he did his little mantra and then he was spinning and the fish were there and it was a glorious whirlwind. See, I thought you were going to go with like band fish 
and that like the crocodiles were just like bored out of their mind. No, I'm. Wow, this shit is overrated. I, I'm sorry that I didn't take it in that direction, but I'm I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you thought so highly of me to have yeah. taken it there. All right, that's all I have. But I just I don't know. It was very Andy Capish. <laughs> you know, I like those Andy Cap cheese fries. Let me tell you. Well, it's what a, a treat. Very topical reference. Cat right was too big. Right His hat was much yeah. too big. It reminded me more of Doonesbury, but you know that's a conversation for another day. Andy Cap probably wrote the first segment about the fifty foot tall. <laughs> yes, maybe he did. Andy Cap. So <laughs> the point is, they get to the village. And they're looking around. What is their plan? Like, what are Aquaman and Samurai going to do? Because they get into the village, and they have no plan until they see a fishnet. Which could have been for Professor Zahn. You know, it could have been. Fishnet stockings. (laughs) Not big enough. I believe it's Samurai who introduces the fishnet. Let's introduce his uh, distinctive vocal stylings. And there's what we'll use to capture them. That fishnet is large enough to hold the entire swarm. Good. I take it back. It was Aquaman who says it. But a fishnet to catch bees seems ill-conceived. It seems like that's not going to work. It seems like it is a lazy fucking solution. What they need is a cage that would go over someone's head. That's how you catch the bees. Counterpoint? Can't catch these bees. Large There's not enough buzz. (laughs) Pardon me, Shailen, we were coming up with an original joke there. What if the bees are quite large? <laughs> then, yes, I suppose or there's no problem. What if these were like bees out of like a log in the scene of something? You have yeah. to chase them well, from the hive. What would happen? <laughs> Back to the place of Christopher Robin. <laughs> Setting that up on a T for Shailen. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> So you a deep cut, Kendall. You know, guys, you might have thought that Samurai was just a good fighter and could turn into a tornado for some reason, but I bet you didn't know there were more powers. So we cut back to the wide shot, and he's standing there, feet, hip width, hands on hips, pubic bulge, throbbing, <laughs> and we're introduced to this second power. Tomeningen! Calling out the Japanese words for invisible, Samurai slowly disappears. And he comes back as Mike Myers. He disappears so that he can go get the net. He also tells the people in the village, he's like, listen, we will not abandon you. We're going to save you. And then their idea is to lure the bees away, right? But they string the net up between two trees that are over a waterfall with the idea that the bees would just fly in a straight line into the net. This seems ill-conceived. This seems incredibly fucking lazy. See, I think it would have been better if Samurai had like infiltrated the thing and then uh, one of the bees came down, but it was clearly not. And bee's name was like, oh, uh, oh no, I, I'm one of the villagers. Uh, my name is Clay. Uh, Bill, Bill Clay, Clay, yes. B clay, perhaps. But what? Yeah, that's all I have. And then, <laughs> that's and fine. Then he was like, you ever, you ever stim one of these, Bill? You know what's pretty fun in Call of Duty Warzone? This will be a reference for not many people. I don't know if we talked about this on the show. Oh, uh, we have you, not. About six weeks ago, they put a limited time 80s action thing into the game. And 
you can buy skins in there, right? So like you have a dude, but you can have different skins for what your guy looks like in the war zone. And they release skins for John McClane and Rambo. And, you know, it's interesting that in the year 2021, we still can't create characters that look like real people unless their eyes are just completely dead. But along with those skins, they put voice clips into the game. So when you do things in the game, like you kill a dude or you ping something, you get these little voice clips. So it's John McClane being like, what are the odds on me? Yeah, I'll find a place. Yeah, I'll find a place. Over and over and over again. It's over and over. And it's so it's never not funny. Even more so by, I think that they took the voice clips off of like the beta version. They didn't have a clean copy or a DVD. It's just like the most garbly, like grainy voice clip. Yeah, it's ever. super like recorded off a of VCR. Yeah, um, it's like a recording of a recording of yeah. a recording. Could they get the uh, like the skins from Billy Predator? Well, we've talked about this. Yeah. yeah, we've theorized like, could there be a RoboCop skin coming? Uh, a John Wick, perhaps? No, but I mean, like someone who's actually skin, like Flayed. <laughs> ah, like, I, isn't it? Uh, what's his name? Oh, you, yeah. a skinned skin? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. like from Predator? Yeah, or from yeah, uh, I get it, I get it from Hellraiser or something. But sure. um. Anyway, I'm happy to report that because I'm a complete idiot. I bought the John McClane skin and then renamed my character Don McClane. Oh, uh, the day the music died. That's correct. So that's, that's, that's the Call of Duty uh, 20 minutes. So where were we? The Chevy was at the levee, but the levee was dry. Exactly, yes. Uh, my clan tag hey, is who's drinking rye. Who's Ugh. Rye? Rye's pretty good. Hey, fuck you, pal. So Samurai and Aquaman, they put their plan in motion. Samurai starts to taunt the bees and he just runs away from them. And then he gets to the edge of the river and you're like, holy shit, this guy is fucked. But he's got a quip. It seems you are quite angry, my little friends, but not angry enough. So they're right on his ass, but he has time to turn around and deliver a very precisely pronounced sentence and then turn invisible. And the bees, because they're dumb, they're fucking dumb. They're just like, where, the where is the samurai guy? And then Aquaman pops out and he's like, hey, dipshits, follow me. And then he starts swimming down the river. And it really looks like it's the river's going the opposite way. Well, he's like a salmon. No you see, yes, he swims against okay. the current. That's part of his power. Even though it's a waterfall. Yeah, the waterfall yes. goes up. Right, right. You, it, <laughs> sure. Have you been to Africa? Do you know that it doesn't work that way there? Uh, the uh, When you cross the equator. Point. I have yeah, not. The, the gods must be crazy. <laughs> so they get to the end of the waterfall. Samurai has beaten Aquaman there. I don't know how he got there. He warped or whatever. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Aquaman is going to jump over the waterfall to his death. But before he does, he delivers what every superhero has to. And that's a sweet ass kill line. It's time for the bees to go back to the hive. And by Aquaman, I, of course, meant Samurai delivered that kill line. Listen, folks, my notes are not always complete. But the bees do go back to the hive, so long as that hive is the fishnet that they had set up, and so long as that hive is where the bees are relocated, which we find out is, quote-unquote, the back country. I don't know. (laughs) Well, there's no way that bees can get out of, like, back. There's there's no way that they can. Uh, yeah, there's no transportation that they could use. I mean, with these killer it's bees, it's all walled off. The killer bees. Like, you would have thought that like, they would have killed them, or I don't know. Like, ow, 
Oh, the bees are defending themselves somehow. Why didn't they just splash the bees and get them wet, and then they would be able to fly? Just splash the bees. Just drown them. Just just, just drown the bees. That's all you have to do, Aquaman. We're going miles long here. I want to unpack this. Yeah. Do you, was your, is your conjecture that they caught them in the net and then like splashed them with water? No, 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 no. What was it that you're rather than capture them in a net, just so you're saying Aquaman should have away. gone and done like the the water hand frog trick on them and, and yeah. sprayed them? Yeah. <laughs> that seems yeah. like an ill-conceived idea. That seems yeah. <laughs> they, they don't. They, yeah, the bees that doesn't hurt. Those bees will fuck you up. They're killer. Yeah, Relocating they, the bees they, to the backcountry seems much safer than making the bees fucking mad at you because well, they're wet. Well, you know, well, you know then they would drown the bees or they could blow the bees away with a with samurai's tornado yes kill kill the killer bees i think dave you know you got a lot of chutzpah bringing this point up but yeah. um, i forgot one more part of be oh, aware go for it water doesn't work on killer bees and uh that is the end of uh be aware <laughs> so, so the the, the bees are they're gone they're out of here aquaman and samurai are they're just chilling in the village now and an Aquaman can't resist me making a good pun. A man after my own heart. Right now, I think it's time we made a beeline for the Hall of Justice. So he, he says that. And then without a second thought or looking at anybody, he just jumps into the water and leaves. And it's like, you're in Africa. And I think the Hall of Justice is in North America somewhere. That's a long ass swim, my man. <laughs> like, couldn't you get a plane to get you part of the way? Seems like Wonder Woman could have done a pinch hit solid like I have a theory. yeah well like he was one of the two who helped save save his village then uh, maybe there's some uh, you know celebratory bonin but then after <laughs> he's just like yeah no I gotta I gotta I gotta go here the safest uh, I mean the fastest way is uh, up through the, took that old swim of shame through the, through the ocean <laughs> thing I don't know. That's that's it's the f- nope. fastest two hundred meter he ever swam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the old Michael Phelps. That's right, yeah. Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the end of what, what was this called? Attack of the Killer Bees. But we're not done because after Attack of the Killer Bees, the word health flashed on screen, and I thought, well, what the fuck are we doing now? What actually happens is there is a girl who's running around. And she, she's flying a kite. She's an idiot because she falls and her, her arm is bleeding. You can see there's a visible scrape there. Then the camera cuts to a pool and Aquaman pops out of the pool like he was underwater. <laughs> Looked like a nice day. Aquaman's powers are not. He just appears in water. He's just in the, he's just in the like pool. His, his skin has to be like pruned. I would think so. Like he's in the water that much. It's just like- That's what the suit's for. The California raisins are actually Aquaman. <laughs> The California Raisins. Here is how he introduces himself. You okay? Yes, but I did cut my elbow a little. Here, let me take a look. It's weird that he pops out of the water and just goes, you okay? (laughs) It's weird that she doesn't go, holy fuck. It's weird that she lets him just like clean her with something. With bubbler water. It's all, it's all very weird. I wouldn't put bubbler water... 
in my uh, in my cuts, but that's just me. Bubbly water, maybe. Uh, you know, you give me one of those hard seltzers, huh? That'll clear it right up, huh? Did you guys have the signs in your elementary school that said, get the let out, and you had to let the water run for 30 seconds before you drank from it? Is that just mine? Uh, to answer your question, Chalen, no, uh, did not grow up in the Dust Bowl. Mm. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, um, so she she's clean. She's fine now. But there's a moral here, and I want to leave you guys with the moral because it's important. Remember to clean and bandage it when you get home. That's it. And th- then we get a teaser for the next episode, which, uh, as far as I could tell, has mutants, reckless motorcyclists, aliens, rats, and Black Vulcan. So sounds like a banger. But that is the... <laughs> that is... The all-new Super Friends Super Hour today. Yeah, well, you're welcome. You know, and let's let's just let's get into it. You know, is this a kid-friendly show? Yes, no, maybe. I would not show this to a child. Wrong answer. Sexism, misogyny, racism, and killer bees. Too scary. Where was the racism? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh... I'm going to piggyback on what Shannon said. And for exactly her reasons, I would say, yes, this is exactly for children Mm -hmm. for all of those reasons and more. And more. (laughs) Dave, I'll split the difference. I I would show this to a kid. Maybe not the ones we watched, but the two middle ones, they are uh, a okay. I think it's campy and goofy enough. That's fine bunch of goofballs out there for me it's a no and the answer is pretty simple why it's just too goddamn long there's too much stuff going on you know even sesame street cut down from 45 minutes to 23 these kids today with their tablets and their Fortnite and their their fucking beyblades their youtube with jojo whatever yeah. that is yeah, yeah and that the ads and the twitch you don't want to watch this stuff and uh, you're totally right and i also thank remember- you being in the late 70s and just wanting more, wanting to watch, like, we're disappointed these often, like, hour-long. Prayed for more. Wait. No, Kendall, did you have friends that watched watched the show, too? Super friends, Dave. He watched super friends. Were these your friends? Honestly, they really let me down. These super friends, they were hardly anything but... I think there was also like this, even early on, this is like cartoons. Are you supposed to be watching cartoons? Like there was that mm-hmm. early thing like, that's lame. Yeah, I, I had a I had similar experience with Power Rangers. Like, you know, my, my class all thought it was pretty lame, but, you know, it was for babies, but I loved it. I watched many, many, many seasons of Power Rangers. Your class was right. Maybe, but... I mean, you're talking I'll about go. being a freshman in college, so. And you know, we're going to go with one to five. Sherry O'Jerry's. <laughs> Pushing this train along, guys. What I'll are we rating this? Two, two Sherry O'Terry's. Chalen. 1.5 Sherry O'Terry's. It was less than fine. It was less than fine. Do you not like Sherry O'Terry? No, she's good. Wow. So you think that this is as good as one and a half of hers? Oh, no. I thought it was just a one to five scale and she was in innocuous. No, like, I said one to five Sherry O'Terry's for a specific reason. Oh, 0.32 Sherry O'Terry's. Wow, that's very exact. Kendall, how about you? Yeah, I'll say this is, this is something two Sherry O'Terry's. Two? 
Two? This is not better than the perfect cheer. You are wrong. This is a three and a half at, at absolute minimum and maybe higher. All right. And the more we go here, the scale's rising. By the time we get off the air in about two hours, we're going to be at a fucking five, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the super friend, super hour of friendship. Hour, hour. Yes. Sometimes when we finish the discussion about the show, we, we move on and we have other segments. Uh, some call them games. Some call them tests of endurance. Well, they're, you know, it's funny to say that, Ben, that these are the games of the super friends. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of risk. In fact, Jeopardy. Call it. So it's <laughs> Jeopardy of the super friends, which I definitely did not just make up uh-huh. right now because I hadn't done it before. It sounds professional. <laughs> and it's definitely not a game that is totally not incomplete. Very ready to go. So are we ready? <laughs> I mean, how, how could we not be? <laughs> I think so. As ready as I can be for an incomplete game. Don't explain the rules. We're just we're just getting into it. I'm, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, I'm just is, kidding. You, know, you get. Uh, I'm giving you uh, categories here. Shapeshifters, big to small, because we get shapeshifters from uh, you know the the fifty foot woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that shapeshifting? I thought shapeshifting. And you know what? You know, I'm well, I'm oh, not here to argue. Fine. I don't know. What, 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 how do you want to call it? What do you want I prefer it? soothsayers. Mutators. Soothsaying. And big and ladies. And big and. It's a cromulent word. Thank you. Perfectly. So we have big to small, big to bigger. Uh-huh. That's another cat- category. Another category is 1970s threats. And then the last category is uppity women. <laughs> so. Figured we'd uh, open up the board. <laughs> and and Ben, because you know you're a leader here, uh, you get to choose from the categories of shape. Sh- or, I'm sorry, uh, soothsayers. Yep, big to small, big to bigger, 1970s threats, or uppity women. Give me big to bigger. All right, Dirk Diggler possesses something that's big, and it gets bigger. What is this thing? And do, hold, wait, hold on. Hold on. Question. How do we, do we yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're buzzing in. I don't even know what we're doing. Are, are we taking turns or are we buzzing in? I think I explained the the rules very clearly. <laughs> so Thought wrong. You. The one time we don't have a seven-minute rules discussion though, is the time that we need it. Uh, no, you're just going to buzz in. Oh, buzz. So we need a uh, buzz. Oh, buzz you need, yeah. Dave, you have the 50-foot woman's Maniacal laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ben. Yeah. You get to do the uh, the coyote howl. A uh, woo. Very well done. Thank you. And Shaylin, you get to do a different version of the maniacal laugh. Ha 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 Too Will Smithy. Yeah. Um, I won't accept it. It's too too Damn wild wild west. <laughs> ha 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 ha. <laughs> Much better. Nailed it. Take what you get. All right. All right. So uh, here's the thing. Uh, Dirk Diggler possesses something that's big and it gets bigger. What is that thing? (laughs) All right. Dave? An acting career. (laughs) Whoa. Be more specific. A porn acting career. Mm. An adult film acting career. A woo. Tiny bicycle. And and then it gets a big bicycle. Oh, oh, ah, ha, 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 ha. A friendship with John C. Riley's character. 
Oh, I think we'll accept that. I was going to say uh, his karate kung fu prowess. Ooh, ooh. True enough. Also his wiener, but, uh, you know. No. Seems a little on the nose. The answer is yeah. Tiny Bicycle. All right, you both get points. Tiny Yay! In my hand. All right, Shaylin. Shifters or soothsayers, uh, big to small. 1970s threat or uppity women. Uppity women, please. <laughs> there are two questions here. Um, so there's there's a bonus question. First question, who was America's first female Secretary of State? Awu. The woman from Independence Day. Jeff, uh, Jeff Goldblum's uh, wife. Uh, Connie, uh, Connie, uh, Connie Goldblum. Well. Connie Goldblum. <laughs> I think that's close enough. I was going for Madeleine Albright, but you know what? I think that... Independence that Day predates that, yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ha, 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 ha. Her name was Levenstein. Yes. Margaret Thatcher, Kendall, is the answer. <laughs> Margaret oh, yes. I, Thatcher. Uh, we were looking for Winston Churchill. Mm. Uh, the uppityest of all the women. Yeah. I mean, Madeleine Albright could have been the answer, but but now here's the bonus. Which uppity young women explained it all? Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, What is it, Dave? It was Clarissa... Alternative answer, Shailen, when I try to tell a joke on Watch Once. <laughs> uh, Awu, alternate answer, Madeline Albright. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. It's still Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> you all get points. Yeah. All right. And Dave, now you get to pick Soothsayers, big to small, or 1970s threat. I'll go Soothsayers, please. In 1981's anti-consumerist film, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, starring Lily Tomlin, what is the name of the detergent that led to, helped lead to her shrinking? There's a jingle that went along with it. Hit. Ha ha ha. That was the Spatular City? Spatular? Spatular. <laughs> it's we sell spatulas, and that's all. Spatular. We were going for uh, Wait, no, wait. Well, hold on. I'm going to buzz in here. Uh, it's Awu, and the detergent is Tied, and the song is Paul McCartney, Temporary Secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, uh, it was a play on the all detergent. It was just small detergent, and the jingle was Dracula by Rob Zombie. That's bullshit. You tried on that first part. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you lose a point. Damn it. Then you also lose a point for being a tattletale. <laughs> and, it's a rough uh, world out there. For Galaxy Glue. You guys don't remember. Th- that was the name of a detergent? <laughs> it w- well, in the in the movie, and it became a song. I would love to hear the song. Yeah. Really? Do you uh, Google it? Sing a, you know, son of a bitch. You know, sing a couple bars? Uh, I will let uh, Shaylin sing. Oh, I think it's dig through the ditches and burn through the ditches. Something, something, something. My galaxy glue. Glue to the ditches and do the detergents. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Galaxy glue. Your clothes gotta wash them now. Gonna use the glue from the galaxy. Daryl Hammond. (laughs) It's musical guest Rob Rob Zombie. Sherry Moon Zombie. So, is that the end of the game, Kendall? Is there no, more? more? Yeah, no, let's do more. it. 
All right, Ben, uh, you have this last <laughs> question, even though it's open to everyone. 70s threats. What was the name of the 1978 Killer Bees film starring Michael Caine and Catherine Ross? Oh, oh. Tangerine. Is <laughs> a tangerine the size of a tangerine? There was a killer bee the size of a tangerine. You were only supposed to blow the hive off. I went in and she said, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it's called a swarm. The swarm. Okay. Yeah. Catherine Ross. R.I.P. Is there more? Tell me there's more. Yes. <laughs> I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Awu, feel the buzz. Is the answer. Come see me in B-movie. <laughs> there's a lot of buzz around this movie. There's a buzz around the movie, Kendall. This song is two minutes and 52 seconds long. We're going to play... hear the whole thing. Oh, fine. Here we go. On YouTube, under the suggested videos, there's another one here. Uh, it's a Blu-ray clip from the same incredible Shinking Woman movie. It's called Clip One, The Supermarket Incident, and ooh, the mind wonders. What could it be? What could it be? <laughs> Tantalizing. <laughs> so d- does somebody win this game? Is, is there a way to win, or did we all win just by virtue of Manifest participa- destiny. participation? I here? win. I won by proxy. Yeah, I think, I think you all won it. Please. I love it. I love Everyone's it. a winner. Ah, that was just part one of the game, though. Uh-oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've aged a, a long time in these last couple hours. At least my liver has, huh? Ew. Hey, that's a joke. You know what else is a joke? When we move on to the mailbag here. Summer is here, and you know what that means. Driving around with the windows down listening to some sweet, sweet tracks. What's your go-to songs for some summer sunshine cruising? Joan Merkin, CEO, founder, and proud client of Merkin's Merkin's. Well, thanks, Joan. We are truly in summer jam season here. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So are we giving up our summer jam? Yes. Yeah. No, we're two? just moving on to the end of the All show. Right. Maybe we should just let All the right. question hang and... Yeah. Well, I would say the theme song to Clear Circle plays a lot. Okay. That's a banger. That's a bop. Anyone else? I have a number of different full albums I listen to, but I have to say Ashley Simpson's debut album hit right when I was at that sweet spot of like teenage girldom. What? Really? And so you crank that shit up loud and you drive with the windows You heard what happened to her, right? No. She got exposed on none other than Saturday Night Live. As, I thought it as happened a at a... She's a lip synker. A lip synker and a racist. What? But maybe just the first one. Just the first one, Ben. Did she Can't get her conservator, conservatorship back, Ashley Simpson? Wrong person. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Hashtag she was in Ashley. I'm, I'm, Dukes I'm, of Hazzard's movie. Dukes of Hazzard. Leave Ashley Also the alone. wrong person. So your answer is Ashley Simpson in general. 
Uh, her first album specifically. Sing a few bars. I think I'm in love. I can't do it. Okay. Okay. That's fine. My sister is more talented than me. Jimmy Buffett. Oh, shit. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Well, he's a treasure. I would also, um, you know, I do love that song, Goodbye Horses. (laughs) That's a good one. Very summer friendly. You watch that sunset behind those trees. You just, you know, playing a little cue Lazarus. Talk those generals. Yeah, behind those Mm -hmm. legs. Yeah. I can name a couple here. Uh, for me, this all fits in with like bubblegum pop, right? So um, that Monica and Brandy song, The Boy Is Mine. Ooh, I like fun. that one. It's a good one. Also, the ultimate summer jam, Mariah Carey, Jay-Z, Heartbreaker. It's a killer song. You may think this is a bit, but I'm being 100% serious. It's, <laughs> Can't it's, confirm. It's a del- he is not joking. It's a delightful song. I was listening to it while I was doing some work the other day, and I thought, this is a real summer jam. We don't do bits on this show. No, never. Never sarcastic. You should follow that up with uh, R. Kelly's Trapped in a Closet. Maybe. maybe. The full version. All 19 parts of it. (laughs) He's in shame, so no. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, I'm in shame too, so it worked. Goo. 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 For me, it's David Bowie's Modern Love. Drop those windows down and just fly, man. Just fly to that. Um, I like it. And then um, the theme song to Mr. Belvedere is usually a one that hmm. you know, gets, gets I skip a doobo doobo and I'm hanging with you and we're friends and it's summer and we're going to the beach. I was at a wedding and my uh, sister-in-law was there and she's become a, a big fan of our show. And How sad. She, <laughs> I really I'm really I, sorry. I told her I'm sorry. But she, she had two things to say. One, she said uh, that she loves when Ben and I sing the Mr. Belvedere theme song. Sure. So this has become Apt. a thing. We've it's a real crowd That's pleaser, good. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've done multiple times, apparently. Um, and the <laughs> second thing she, she, she said to me, she wants um, Shailen to get off her phone. Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> so, that's fair. Yeah. I'm not on my phone. You know, <laughs> right now. <laughs> my notes for the episode were on my phone. A broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. An apple does not always fall far from the tree. Yeah, two Batmans in the hand is worth one in the bush. Mm-hmm. Well, both Dave and his sister-in-law are now on my shit list. So I'm welcome. just saying, if I went back through your Facebook comment history, how many co- Facebook comments would I find from the last six hours? The Since last six hours? It's approximately when we started recording. One, someone asked if they broke into our house and stole what was on top of our refrigerator, what would they find? And I said disappointment. That you, And that was important enough to break the flow of our questions. So the three of you were bickering about something silly. That, so yeah. We, we weren't bickering. It's all discourse. Mm-hmm. Intelligent discourse peppered in with, with themes. Discourse? Discourse. <laughs> That's the tits course. That's my catchphrase now. I also say uh, a danger zone and final countdown. Oh yeah, those are good. Both those good. are good. Len, steal my sunshine. Another one. Um, and Shailen mentioned Jimmy Buffett. I think offhand, but the answer is actually Jimmy Buffett. Uh, the song "Bare Naked" by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Also, uh, <laughs> take my breath away, Berlin. Mostly for the um, the sexiness of the song, mm-hmm. the blue lit sex scene. Also, Most of the Cars catalog generally fits in here, I too. said R. Kelly's in shame, but I believe I Can Fly does hit on the summer list. Sure, it does. Shame, the shame, Conan the shame. Barbarian soundtrack is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the nice thing about summer jams is they can be what you want, right? If you want something a little more epic to get you geared up for going to the gym with your boys and cranking out a few sets, you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you want something, you're down on the beach with your girls, you're getting an ice cream, you're talking about bras and periods and stuff, it can be that. Right. That's can, why you go for the uh, the scat man. <laughs> that is an amazing <laughs> song. Or Mr. Uh, Bob Davalina. On the scat man. A song I've listened to multiple times in the last month. Um, I feel like summer is also a really good time to listen to like the, the Buddy Holly catalog. Buddy Holly? Like you listen to that old shit and it's really good in the summer. Buddy Holly? No, the summer's the time to listen to the, Brian entire, Highland. the entire Batman Forever soundtrack. I would, so I would say I, I listen to, say to Weezer rather than Buddy Holly. Yeah. For the summer. You know who I like to listen to in the summer? Listen to a little Lawrence Welk. You know, I'm in the mood. I want to go back in time. I put no the, one listens to Lawrence I put the Welk, Welk man on. The Welkmeister. Have we answered this question? I think so. Quite so. I the hope the so. answer is literally every song, apparently. Uh, that is the best summer jam. Enjoy your summer, folks. Get out there. Listen to some hip hop, some rock. I don't know. Some John I, Philip Sousa. Listen to some kids bop. That's uh, generally where I am these days. Toxic. Oh, that's a good one. Actually, most Britney songs, honestly. I always associate her with fall. We could name songs all night. You know, we could talk about Buddy Holly until our fucking heads are blue. That's not what we're here for. So if you want to write in a question that we will actually answer six times out of ten, email at watchbotspod.com. Subject line, hit them up. It's the only one I'll check. So that's the show, I think. (laughs) 20 minutes later, somehow the show hasn't ended. So, you know, thank you, Kendall, for coming back and and talking about Super Friends. I think we are maybe two versions in now. We have conservatively nine more to go. So we're going to have to run it back. Well, thank you for having me on. I don't want to say that you guys are fools for repeatedly having me back and scuttling this podcast, but my bad. Kendall, I think the only fools here are our listeners and the ones who rush in and you can't scuttle what has already run aground <laughs> i will go down with the ship oh dido that's another one. Ooh, yeah Love it. <laughs> white flag baby fun fact my mom once gave a um a medical exam to dido i shouldn't mention specifically what because i think that's violating hipaa but i'm pretty sure everything you just said was I violating think that all HIPAA. violated HIPAA. <laughs> It, I how long does HIPAA last? It was your mom violating, though, not you. Yeah, that's true. I'm just I'm a third party, baby. I'm clean. Trust by Prince is another jam. <laughs> yeah. Which is what your mom broke when she told you that Dido story. You too, beautiful day. <laughs> the one where Bono says Catorce. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett math, math sucks. <laughs> Anything else? Proud to be superhero American. related, summer jams oh, related. Yeah. Oof. Oof. I kind of get fired up with the uh, Avengers theme song. Are we still doing the mailbag? <laughs> well, you said like... Uh, I guess I did. I, I left the window you open. Just, you just asked the fucking question. Shayla, what's a song that you enjoy? <laughs> Do you always just list every song I'd like? Uh, specifically yes, by Buddy Holly. About I, him or by him? This is the part oh, of the boy. show where we, now we go backwards and we reverse <laughs> review the show. I'm going to edit out the whole transition and we're just going to roll here. But you know what I'm not going to edit out? That you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and 
other various platforms like Facebook uh, or Bumble. Uh, Bumble's a good one. Farmers only. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify and that that Google Play. We're on all of them. It's magic. For Dave and for Shailen and for our good friend Kendall, thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And to take us out of here, there's really only one thing we can do, and that is to uh, scream Saturday Night Live names over this piece of music. Nora Dunn. Tim Meadows. Dana Carvey. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Fred Armisen. Will Ferrell. Brian Doyle Murray. Anthony Michael Hall. A. Whitney Brown. Chevy Chase. Gilda Radner. Thrilly Crystal. Harry Shear. <laughs> he was a special guest. Uh, Al Franken. Uh, there's another minute and a half. Uh, uh, Jan Hooks. Victoria Jackson. A. Whitney Brown. Laura Dunn. Conan O'Brien. Leslie Jones. John Lovitz. And Phil Hartman. Samurai. Dennis Miller. Batman. Musical guest Buddy Holly performing his summer jam. Mark McKinney. Molly Shannon. Seth Myers. Uh, Chris Parnell. Uh, Jay Farrow. Chris Parnell. Nora Dunn. Chris Parnell. A. Whitney Brown. Charles Rocket. The Sandman. <laughs> Martin Short. Ben Stiller. Was he a cast member? A. Whitney Brown. (laughs) (laughs) With P.E. Riley and the Watchbots band. Goodbye, folks.